Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello again, welcome to this week's Man in the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Adam. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you very much. And I've got Emma. Buena estente. Hola. Hola, Hola indeedy. Hola. Dos <laughs> mes amigos. Right. So, um, we're in the middle of International Week, so we haven't got... Literally in the middle. It's about to be half time. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, there is absolutely nothing worthwhile talking about. So, we're going to take a little detour here. Uh, and we're going to talk about rule changes that we want to bring in uh, or we would like to see brought in. So we're going to have uh, four rule changes each we're going to discuss uh, and then we're going to have a couple of hills to die on at the end. So um, we're going to discuss these and then I don't know if we're going to vote in it here or maybe we're going to put it out to a, a Twitter poll or something like that. We'll see and um, we'll sort of take it from there. So Adam's going first. Adam sent me his list of four uh, rule changes. So we do his first one. So this is... Reading this out loud, Emma, uh, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate, even if I do agree with you. Um, as soon as the ball touches the hand, stroke arm, it is automatically a handball and an indirect free kick is awarded anywhere on the pitch. Emma. Oh, Adam, justify your action on that. To clarify, the, the free kick isn't just awarded anywhere, it's where the handball happens. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say, it's not, not like some sort of crazy lottery. Um, but, uh, yeah... So I, it would be like the rules in field hockey, where if the ball touches a player's foot, it's an automatic, uh, whatever it's called in field hockey, because no one plays field hockey. Um, Sean Curley uh, does. I don't even know who that is, so that shows you how well how well field hockey is translated <laughs> to the general public. Um, uh, so the thing, the thing is that handballs have become too big an issue in football. They happen all the time. It's impossible, really, for a referee to ever distinguish this idea of intent. Um, and any other sort of punishment for handballs is far too rewarding to the opposition team. A penalty for a, a handball blocking a cross that's not even made it past the near post that's probably not going to go anywhere near anyone is uh, over-the-top punishment. Um and I know that you're going to pick holes in it, and I'm already I'm prepared for the answers for that, so I'm going to let you go. Well, have you been thinking about this for a while, or just since the most recent Absolutely. set, since the most Absolutely. recent set piece menu podcast? No, for a long time, Chris. From the, from, which should have been made abundantly clear by the fact I sent you these about 30 seconds after you sent the message. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's got these laminated somewhere. <laughs> oh, <if> only. <laughs> I've got an e- uh, like I've got emails that go out all the time, just constantly. So like, and I just try all the different attempts to try and get the heads of the com- like. Before it, when it was Platini, it was like <laughs> m dot Platini at uefa dot com, and I just try them all. Emma, what do you reckon to this? 
Okay, so is it just the hand, or how far up the arm does this extend? No, I think we'll go to anything that would be sort of considered handball nowadays. I may be, may be willing to draw the line that if the ball is judged by the referee, that it was going to hit the body anyway, and sort of like when like a bit like the the Joe Gomez penalty uh, appeal that wasn't given as a penalty in the man's uh-huh. with the Man City game where it was like across his body. No, not the Joe Gomez one. That was it was the Cancelo one that wasn't given. I'm willing to concede that maybe if it was just going to hit the body anyway, we could just play on. But otherwise, indirect free kick. Is he? I'm trying to pick a hole in this, but I am a huge fan of chaos. And funny football is better than any other kind of football. And I would just love to see strikers just trying to welly the ball as hard as they can into players' arms and then an indirect free kick from about two yards out. That would just be fabulous. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But at the moment, we have strikers doing that in an attempt to try and get a penalty. Yes. But an indirect free kick is more fun to watch than a penalty. Exactly. And a, a more fitting reward for just wellying it into a player, right? Yeah. If you handball it on the line, you have an indirect free kick. On the goal line? You still, ha- you still have your red card. Yeah. You still have your red card for um, stopping an obvious goal scoring Isn't opportunity. Isn't there double jeopardy, though? Uh, no, because you're probably not going to score the... If we're honest, <laughs> you're not going to score the indirect free kick on the line, are you? We all know that. <laughs> yeah, but the other team have got to stand 10 yards away. There is still the double jeopardy rule, though, isn't there? If you get a penalty, it's not supposed to be a red card. Yeah, but they haven't got a penalty. It's a lot harder to score from a from. It's a lot harder to score from an indirect free kick than it is from a penalty. True. I mean, I would maintain that it's a fitting <clears throat> punishment to not be on the pitch if you've done that. <laughs> to go all Michael Cox on you, the first few weeks of the first ever Premier League back in 1992, when they brought the back pass rule in, was brilliant to watch because goalkeepers kept forgetting the rule and we had for the first few weeks quite a few um, scenarios of indirect free kicks about sort of six or seven yards out I mean even in the Champions League last week we had one which um, I think it was Ajax that scored from one Dusan Tadic they're great I'm quite up for this one um, but then and then we'd have some really like exciting like routines again like in field hockey when they have their penalty corners and they have all their because a penalty corner is in hockey when you watch it every four years in the Olympics isn't a guaranteed goal, is it? But they have their fun sort of set plays. The short corners? No, penalty corners. Okay. I think they might be the same thing. Okay. Literally, if it's not an Olympic year, I'm not watching hockey, Chris. <laughs> Me neither. Can they, take, can they take the indirect free kick with a hockey stick? Yes. No, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> So you have Kevin De Bruyne sort of laying it back 15 feet to Sergio Aguero with a great big hockey stick just to smash the ball as hard as he can. <laughs> I would pay to watch that. I would box off as that. <laughs> I would pay per view it. Oh, well, I can't see a problem with this rule. I think there's one that should be definitely be implicated. Implemented, I, not implicated. I hate the handball rule as it is now anyway, so anything's an improvement, really. So we're going to go with this one for Adam, are we? It must be even worse in Spain, where every handball is also a yellow card. Yes. <laughs> Very irritating. <laughs> oh, well, Adam, you got your first rule in. Um, Emma. Yes. Right, your first rule. If VAR can't decide it's a penalty within five replays, indirect free kick to who? Just anyone. <laughs> 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 our, our rules... 
Our rules are all about introducing as many indirect free kicks as yeah. we can. We love indirect free kicks. Who's the indirect free kick going to? Yeah, look, the, the, well, obviously for the, <laughs> the, the attacking team. Yeah, but, but what, if the, what if the referee gives the penalty and then VAR's looking at it because he thinks it might not be a penalty? Exactly. VAR's rubbish. Okay. Right. VAR, if you can't, if the, the, this, like the millimetre offside thing, if you can't decide what it is, because if you're spending five minutes watching it, then you can't decide what it is. So how would that be an indirect free kick to an attacking team then? Because if you, you can't decide someone's offside, you've still got that ambiguity over the, whether a foul has been committed or a, a, an infringement has been committed or not. So how, how do you, who do you decide or how do you decide who to give the free kick to? Toss a coin. <laughs> Game See, of soggy biscuit. <laughs> yeah? No. Game of Soggy Biscuit. I don't know what that is, and I don't think I want to know. <laughs> you don't. Um, Do not Google it. <laughs> is this like Googling not. Santorum and find out, finding out what Santorums go for in the gay community? Possibly. I don't know what that is. Don't do that. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was saying now. Now I'm thinking about Toss a coin. <laughs> yeah, right. I can see if I can see if the, the big flaw with that is the free indirect free kick, great, but just knowing what, who to give it to. Okay, change it from an indirect free kick to a drop ball. Yeah, but then they do that weird thing when they sort of leave it. I mean, I'm, I'm quite up for a contested no, drop. No ball. one's going to leave it. Red card if you it's leave it. Hardcore drop ball. Red card um, if you leave the drop ball to be kicked back to the goalkeeper. So my problem with this this rule change is. But Emma hit the nail on the head at the beginning with the with VAR is just rubbish. And this is a this is a, this is a halfway house to try and amend it as opposed to just get rid of it. Yeah, you can't get rid of it. You you need to amend the rules to work with the technology. Okay, but as long as your drop ball is, I don't know. I'm still I'm sitting People on the fence. People are going to contest a drop ball on the edge of the box. Nobody's just going to leave it. Yeah, but they do, don't they? They leave it and it gets passed back to the keeper and everyone claps. What kind of world is that? That's a terrible world, but you see it all the time, don't you, whenever there's a drop ball? Do you well, think quite... Sergio Ramos is going to leave a drop ball? But, they, <laughs> no, you, but when a player is injured and the referee stops play, they sort of leave it, don't they? Um, well, that's I... injury, that's different, that's etiquette. Okay. And, and again, Sergio Ramos isn't leaving that. <laughs> no. Um... I forgot what I was going to say now. I think what I quite like about this now is because Emma's hasn't. It's not been like one of those ones where it's like forty-five seconds and have a, t- a countdown clock. It's five replays. So I like the idea of us sort of being able to see the replays they choose and be like, "Oh, he's gone with that replay. He's gone with that angle for the second one. Which which angle is he going to go with for the third one?" And then uh, there's more jeopardy yeah. as, oh, the, as the number of replays. Spider cam. Why's he done that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's only got one replay left. Which one's he? Oh, he's gone back to that one again. Oh. You could have the crowd going, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna... And there's, there's another betting opportunity there. <laughs> <laughs> well, which camera will he use? How many, how many replays will it take? Yeah. <laughs> Money, see? Go on, I'm on the fence on this one. Adam, I'll let you have the final say on this. 
anything with VAR in it is just going to have me saying suggest. It's just going to have me saying scrap VAR. Okay. Unfortunately. You're all mean. No, oh, <laughs> sorry, Emma. Right. You don't. You just don't appreciate entertainment. See, Scott's not got very de- very detailed. He's just said the interpretation of the handball rule. He's not said what. We'll have to, be, uh, we'll have to ignore Scott, Scott, I'm afraid. Scott, Scott agrees with me. Oh, you think so? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My first rule, then, is uh, an independent doctor goes onto the pitch with a physio when a player gets injured, and he has the, or she has the final say on a player's ability to continue, not the club physio. Protocols. Uh, this is for all injuries, concussion, uh, everything. Because then, why? Yeah, idea. Because then you, uh, I mean, remember the Ava Carnero thing where um, she was basically told in no uncertain terms to think about the game's tactics as a Chelsea employee. That's what she should be thinking about rather than um, whether the player is fit enough to continue you have an independent doctor going on if Harry Kane falls down with an injury then the uh, you know human nature for the club physio to think maybe he can play a bit longer because he's Harry Kane whereas a doctor goes for his health he comes off um I think that the the I think that, that the physios a very do isolated incident though I think that the physios do take their their duty of care to the player quite seriously. I mean, uh, we've seen a lot of cases where they haven't. So Vertonghen, where he sort of collapsed on the pitch almost, didn't he? And then there was Hugo Lloris and plenty of other players have continued and then had to come off. Last season, I remember um, Newcastle uh, tried making a player play with a hamstring. Okay, but there's a difference between getting things wrong in the... In the what What's to say that this independent doctor is not going to send a player out who they in their own minds might be fit enough to play and then ends up having to come off. Like the big one for me is always um in was it in the World Cup? I can't remember, when Joe Cole ruptured his ACL playing for England and then got sent back out by the physio and his knee gave way a second time. Yeah. Like yeah, but that's just a doctor you're in you what you're ensuing here is that they're they've only made that mistake well, you're ensuing that they've not made a mistake, they've made an intentional decision. Whereas, how does this achieve anything other than... Because they could have just made a genuine mistake, which every doctor could still make. But then they remove themselves from that accusation of, oh, you only sent him back on because... The, the Newcastle one this year, they were already down to 10 men. And I think they'd used all their subs up. They've had two first-half injuries and a player sent off. And it was like the 50 second minute or something another player got injured uh, with his hamstring and they made him play on for five minutes till it became blatantly obvious that they couldn't um and i think you remove that from the physio you remove that sort of pressure from the physio i don't understand to what end why why we feel why this is needed the only thing if, if you'd said to me that then you sort of like could have unlimited substitutions of injured players then perhaps you have that to ensure they're injured but beyond that I don't really see the need Alright, Emma? How, how much of that you know, like Vertonghen for instance, when he went back onto the pitch and collapsed, how much of that is him just telling the physio though that he he's fine and he can play on? But again, is that not an independent doctor might sort of think, well, you know, I don't care. You 
have he's to. He's still gonna. I still feel like he's still gonna take the word of the guy who's hurt. But the like, physio. Yeah, fine, and don't be fine. The club physio wants. To, the club physio's got the player telling him he's fine, and he's got the manager obviously saying, "Please make sure he's going to be fine." Uh, he's a very important player for us, and the club physio, as an employee of the club, is going to feel a bit more sort of pressure to that naturally. Whereas the club, doc- whereas an independent doctor would go, "No, he's coming off." What do we really think that an independent doctor would be able to achieve in the sort of minute thirty seconds um, that they would have to assess the player with a player that's essentially uh, potentially lying to them at this point, as we've said, because they want they're saying they're fine and want to carry on. It's not like. It's not like they're taking out, uh, wheeling out an MRI scanner, and, <laughs> uh, having having an in-game. I, image. I kind of, I kind of get it for like having like a specialist doctor, like say for instance for a head injury. Yeah, I could uh, that I would get. So, all right, will you let me have it for a head injury then? Yes. Yes. Go on then. I'll put myself down as a head injury. Well, as many people have done previously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Adam, back to you. Uh, your second rule: throwing should be able to be taken in any way possible, one-handed, underarm, one foot, or on the floor. So you clarified to me this is a th- this is throw-ins, isn't it? Throw-ins, yeah. Okay, so you can sort of throw it in as normal. Now you could throw it overarm like a goalkeeper throws, underarm like Greg Chappell against New Zealand, um, any which way you want. Okay, why do you think that? Uh, um, because they're a pointlessly over referees. Well, they're completely ignored at the top level, but at any other level of football, massively over-refereed because anyone who's played park football knows that every single foul throw in the world gets called pulled up when you only have to watch. I could probably watch this game for about 30 more seconds and see a foul throw happen. Um, but they're, comp- they're pointless, right? And also, like they're me- merely a method of just restarting the game from the ball going out of play and at the moment the way that um, the the rules that force thrones to be taken the way they are allow play, or force players to be in a position where when you have a having a throw in to restart the game in the sort of defensive part of it, especially if you have a throw in sort of anywhere level with your own 18 yard box is a huge disadvantage defensively because you have you only have nine players on the pitch against 10 and you've got to do all these you get boxed in all these sort of things when the other team were the one who who didn't have the ability to keep the ball in play are we not going to just see an increasing long ball football as everyone gets their own rory the lap with a huge right arm then what if we then what if i say that you can only do it in your own half so you can't be boxed in like that because that's what I really have a problem with. And, and Michael Cox wrote an article about about this when Arsene Wenger talked about about kick-ins and saying that this wasn't a solution. So this really is Martin, Michael Cox's rule change that I'm kind of stealing. Like the last one was Roy Smith. No, 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 no. I've had that idea long before Roy Smith. Had that <laughs> idea. Uh, this one I'm willing to give to Michael Cox. Okay. As much as I prefer Rory Smith to Michael Cox, I'll fight Rory. <laughs> I've had podcasts where I've said this long ago. I could, I, I, I'll make Ross go through all of the records to find it if I need to. <laughs> all right, Emma. Um, oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, so I'm willing to extend it to the idea that they can just have it in their own half, but I really think that that's a massive flaw in the idea of restarting the game in a defensive position and just being 
at a disadvantage. It just doesn't make any sense. All right, Emma? If it's something so minor. I never thought that you would be a person who would appreciate the fact that sometimes Nick Curios serves underarm. Well, me or Adam? Adam. <laughs> Nick Curios has emerged as one of the good guys of 2020, though. Yeah, that's how fucked up 2020 is. <laughs> <laughs> I what? think that your rule can still work with my next rule. <laughs> So I'm okay with it. <laughs> You're okay with it, are you? Sure. I don't want him to have two rules, though. At least two rules implemented. That's the... <laughs> he's got a 100% success rate so far. <laughs> That's because these are long, 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 long ideas. <laughs> You've got some bunky sitting with a notepad and sucking a pencil trying to get these out. Go on, you can have that one as well, then. Um, right, what was Emma's second one? Okay, all foul throws punished with a yellow card. I hate it. reason is it, it, it's like my worst pet peeve in football i'll tell you what my biggest I, I, i'm kind of on board with this and i'll tell you why because so me my um me my my brother and my stepdad all were referees at one point and i didn't and my stepdad was actually quite a good referee refereed at quite a high standard and if i go to his house um and on a Sunday and we watch two to three games of football, I can guarantee that at least at one point every Sunday he will <laughs> complain about the, about how foul throws just are. There'll be some sort of complaint about a foul throw happening and I just don't want to hear it. I just don't think there's any excuse for it. Like, like That's something you learn when you're four. I don't know that foul throws are that often in the career. I mean, they don't get punished that's, that often. Exactly. They happen all the time all the time they're constantly happening like you said they're just never punished mm. and they should be um yeah Andy Robinson had one in the Man City game I can remember that's he how did. much foul throws annoy me I can literally remember <laughs> Andrew Robinson was all, all, he went so far over his head he was almost performing a chest pass which <laughs> under my rule would be fine <laughs> but as, as things stand it's not allowed Andy Sandy Robinson as well Exactly. Is this why you brought this rule in, Emma? You, you, he you... should have been banned for life. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said that at the time. but yeah, That was how the conversation turned. Um... <laughs> That's just, you know, because of the anti-agenda that we both share. The other side of it is that when I was a kid, it was aggressively, aggressively refereed at football. I can remember... Um, like the, I, I've got this horrific image from the the first game I ever played, not being able to take a throw properly, and I couldn't work out what I was doing wrong. But the referee literally making me take it about eight times. That must have been embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did it make a man of you? One of those sorts of things. <laughs> well, under Emma's rule, I'd have been sent off by the second <laughs> part. Kind of humiliation, which will make sure you do it properly every time. Okay. Well, look. I mean, I'm really not bothered about this but Adam if you're happy for it to go through I think I think we can team it with my rule of exactly. you can what do whatever you want in, in, in your own half you can do any sort of crazy pass yeah as soon as in your the, foot steps over that line though in the halfway line after you go over the halfway line you're in their rules 
You're under, you're an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Right. And I rule with a nine fist. You do. <laughs> Uh, my second rule: If a keeper gets sent off, you can't sub on a substitute goalkeeper. Right. So this this um, is definitely a a good rule for for lulls. I can see where that comes from. It's a good rule for lulls, but if ten, in to all intents and purposes, the substitute keeper is still a pretty decent keeper, isn't he? So the whole point of a red card is you punish that particular player but you're not uh punishing you're not punishing no, the that team doesn't, that doesn't hold weight because if you have a set of if you if you had a um if harry Maguire would got sent off right now mm. um gareth southgate could take dominic calvert lewin off and bring on tyro mings mm. god damn it i just want lols all right <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got a bunker like you and a tin hat. <laughs> um, yeah, it sounded when I thought about this earlier on. It sounded a reasonable thing to do. You know, you're punishing the team for losing a top quality goalkeeper. You can't then just bring on another one straight away afterwards. What if you're Sheffield United and you've got Phil Jagielka playing for you? Mm. This is true. Yeah, but I mean, you know, wouldn't you just love to see Aguero oh, going goal? Oh, everyone loves that, Chris. Everyone loves outfield player in oh, goal. We all love outfield player in <laughs> goal. We want it all the time. What do you live for it? What do you think to the, that proposal, then, Emma? I mean, it doesn't work, but <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah, if, if we were if, if if we were having a vote on whether it was good good for the lols, I would definitely vote for it. But practically. Yeah. But in like a real practical sense, it's not a thing. I mean, Michelle Platini's not replying to that email either. <laughs> no. Not unless you put on the email that there's a million euros in it for him if he goes ahead with it. But I, I keep sending them to him from Nigerian princes, hoping that that will get him. But <laughs> as yet, no luck. So I've not got that one then. No. Ah, damn. Right. Okay. Um, Adam's third one. Goalkeepers should not be allowed to catch the ball. What should they do? This is for lols. This is okay. This is my genuine for lols one. Um, okay. But just right, I paint a picture for you. It's like the ninety-eight. It's the ninety-second minute of the game. There's five minutes of injury time. Um. Uh. Team's got a team has an attacking free kick out wide. They swing across in, get slightly over hit, a bit too high. Goalkeeper comes up, huge grab, lands on lands on two feet. Falls to the floor, clutches the ball to his chest, wastes about 40 seconds, eventually kicks the ball up the other end. What if? Not allowed to catch it. Has to parry it, punch it, just no catching. Take it in the face. Yeah, but he's still allowed to use his hands. Okay. He's just not allowed to catch the ball. He can still make a regulation goal line save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's just not allowed to hold on to the ball. He's not allowed to hold on to the ball. Can you do what... Only parrying. Can he do what cricket players do when they take a catch, which is literally just get it and throw it in the air? Yeah, but yes. they don't yes. do. They can do that. Do that so somebody else can catch it. No, it's the way they celebrate. So they'll sort of catch it and then they'll sort of throw it in the air in, in celebration. Oh, I thought you meant like when it was about to go over the boundary. No, no, no. And maybe we say it back maybe up. maybe we say something like they can't hold the ball for more than a second. A one second. <laughs> 
<laughs> so they're that high in the air that they sort of takes them a second to land on the ground. They've got to drop it as soon as they well, hit they the floor. They should have caught it. They should have punched it. That's true. And the reason is just again, this is just lots of chaos. There's going to be less time wasting, and the ball is going to be everywhere. Pinball football. Yeah. I, I'm kind of all for watching David De Gea kind of try and chest the ball. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you foreign lot. You Harry Maguire and. You foreign lot, you all punch the ball anyway, don't you? They'd be good at this. They're the ones who brought in this. Yeah. Yeah. Proper English goalkeepers, they catch it. They'll be the ones suffering. Yeah, Nigel Martin would not have a career. <laughs> yeah, Fabian Bartes would be loving it. Um, I hate to give you that I'd, one. I'd love it for the lols. I really do. I would as well, but I don't want him to have a, a third one. But, and also, it's... <laughs> and the worst part is... The worst part is... My fourth one might be my most sensible, almost fought out one, Chris. So this, you might need to get involved now. No, I don't like your fourth one. I've just seen your fourth one. Go on, you can have this one then, because I don't like your fourth one. Well, I'll turn, I'll turn you around on that one later. Okay. Emma, your third one. Any millimetre offside call should be the benefit of the doubt to the attacker and play on. Yeah, let them get on with it. Are we, using, are are we using VAR again, though? Why? No. Why okay, then that's fine. Just go. So you can check a millimetre with the naked eye, can you? You can be reviewing it mid-match. Why stop the match? Uh, because it's a binary thing offside, isn't it? Off is off and rules are rules and all that. For a millimetre? Yeah. Like for some of those really, really, really dubious millimetre offsides. Right, The so... I'm going to argue both sides of this one simultaneously and not, um, not really make sense on either one. But the problem with being as like trying to be as accurate like that, like to the millimeter, as Emma's pointing out here, is that there's still like a huge degree margin of error, as I think was something that um, Jonathan Wilson wrote about ages ago. That if you have a defender and an attacker running in opposite directions, that sort of that I know. It, I know they're not never going to both be running in the opposite direction at 21 miles an hour, but if they were, the the frame rate on the cameras means that they can be like a, as much as like a meter apart, depending on which frame you pick on when the ball leaves mm-hmm. leaves the player's foot. So because you can pick from like three or four frames from the ball being kicked. A measurement of millimetres is becomes ludicrous when you've got player movement at the same time. I just don't think... Which is that... why you get... Re- this is why you burn VAR to the ground. <laughs> I just don't think a perfectly good goal should be disallowed because of a defender's thumb. But it's not a perfectly good goal, is it? It's offside. Or a striker's thumb. It is a thumb's length. That's <laughs> not even something that you can affect the game with. Yeah, but you're still that thumb ahead. You should have timed your run better. That's not an advantage, though. Is Do you not it? think that's, that this? That's not a, 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 a tangible advantage. Let's workshop this. Come on, we can come up with something. <laughs> we can come up with something because I think that fundamentally, at its fundamental point, Emma's point is solid here. But sort of, it's it is a bit ridiculous. As I said, huge margin of error. Um. And just completely unnecessary, but it, the, 
could we come up with some sort of arbitrary point from which offsides that's the bit that's offside right the, the foot that's furthest forward versus the front foot of the attacker versus the back foot of the defender or i think that's probably a better thing because like emma says you don't play football with your thumb you play football with your your feet and that's what's more sort of it's important got be, it's got to be an well, amount which is well, a tangible that's... advantage yeah but can you do tangible advantages on your earlier one of five replays you can pick that out, can you? Of course you can. It's a replay. Okay. I think, yeah, I think you, if you could, you could be offside by a, you know, your thumb is, or whatever your arm is, like Patrick Bamford pointing last week wasn't great, but to be offside with your feet... Wasn't great. That's one of the worst referees <laughs> by far I've ever seen. See, there you go. That would have been fine under my rules. Yeah, but if you if that same thing... And if everybody would have been happy. If his foot, if your foot is offside, then yes, you run with your feet and you kick with your feet. Right. So that's a far more important part of your body for playing football, obviously, because it's right. called if football. It's, if it's your full foot, if it's your full foot, fine. If it's half of your foot or a quarter of your foot, then no. But then you're still getting to the minutiae of detail. Advantage. You're still getting to the minutiae of detail, and then you're going to be punishing players who are a size twelve compared yeah, to players who are a size six. You can easily see while the game is going on on VAR, which is what they should be doing anyway, so, instead of stopping the match, they should be looking at it as it happens. Are you not be punishing what, players what, with bigger feet? What Emma's saying here is that the, when linesmen were getting 95% of uh, decisions right, that was fine. And we could just go back to those days. Yeah, maybe it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it turns out it was all right, wasn't it? Well, whoever said it in the a few people have said it now. The same people that complain about VAR are the same people that used to complain about refereeing decisions pre-VAR. No, no, no. He wags his finger. <laughs> <laughs> because now I'm eating crispy M and M's, which is the, the most ridiculous decision I could have made for going. What's the the quietest thing I could possibly eat? <laughs> mm. Crispy M and M's, yeah. crunchy food, yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, no, I just beat that point because I was always against VAR before it came out. Okay. So you my were happy actual, with it? In... My actual complaint about VAR was that people, was that I think felt, felt that people didn't want VAR, but didn't actually want VAR. They just thought they did. Because actually what people like complaining about, or actually what people like about football is talking is complaining. And it turns out that's still true, but it just becomes more boring when they're complaining about technology as opposed to football. Oh, I can follow that. All right, I'm happy to give Emma this one then. There'll be more goals. Uh, do we want more what, goals? Though? Is that not want, football's great beauty? No, but it's football's great beauty. Not the fact that it's something. It's um, you don't get many goals, and teams are separated by very small margins. Okay, uh, Chris is trying to paraphrase. Chris is trying to paraphrase. Chris is trying to paraphrase the chapter one of the numbers game. I've not read that yet. Well, you go and watch Burnley versus Fulham and uh, enjoy your nil nil. Um, I'm, I'm on the fence, Emma. You can, you can. Uh, you can get my vote. Of, I, I want to know what a, what quant, what becomes a goal. So Patrick Bamford's not a goal. Is a goal. At what point does that not become a goal? Anything against Liverpool is a goal. <laughs> right, you're not getting it I, then. My turn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you've already registered your vote. <laughs> this is a this is a swinging voter. I can. <laughs> God, you fed him a bloody line, didn't you? <laughs> All right, because he's against Liverpool. Okay, there's yours. You swung abortions. him. Abortions, abortions for everyone. 
Um, I could have offered him a miniature American flag, but I didn't. <laughs> I knew what was in his heart. <laughs> My third one. Um, the attacking team and not the referee decide how quickly they can take a free kick, so long as the ball is played from the spot of the foul. So this goes... I mean, this is like... I had in mind here a Sergio Ramos foul, so you're uh, making a break, you're running with the ball through the middle of the pitch, you're at the halfway line, and Sergio Ramos pulls you back by your shoulder and gets a yellow card, but then the defence have got time to sort of set, whereas the attacking team, sometimes they can get the ball back to where the foul took place as soon as possible, they can carry on. The attacking team still have the momentum then. Um, I don't like it. Why? Because you're, be- you're I think you're still being too generous. I don't see the need for the ball to be back at the spot of the foul. I just think it has to be at the spot of the foul or in a less advantageous place. So you can see what I'm trying to eradicate. I, I completely agree with you. I just think you, you're not going far. This rule doesn't go far enough. Okay. So what would, you, what would you like again? Sorry. Well, I'm just saying that. So in your example. Yeah. Sergio Ramos fouls someone on the halfway line. Yeah. And the referee's going to. But the ball ends up on the. Opposition on not the opposite on the penalty area of the team yeah. we're defending. The goalkeeper should be able to take the, the free kick from there now, just immediately. I don't understand the goalkeeper. Right, so right, they're attacking that way, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a foul on the halfway line. Yeah. The ball goes over. The ball goes this way as as Sergio Ramos comes and fouls him. The ball goes this way and the, it ends up at the goalkeeper who's just outside the. the Penalty box, right? You're still looking confused. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't why. understand what you mean. So I'm so running. I'm play, running from like, left to right. Sergio, Sergio Ramos is playing against is play, Real Madrid are playing Manchester United. Yes. Okay. Sergio Ramos fouls Danny. I'm um, not Danny Welbeck. Marcus Rashford on the halfway line. Which way is Marcus Rashford running? Is he running towards the Stratford end? He's trying to. Let's not do that. No, I got, <laughs> that gives me a visualization then, so that helps. He's running at Courtois to try and score. So, okay, Courtois in front of the Stretford end. Yeah. The ball goes to the other end. Yeah. And ends up at the feet of David De Gea. Yeah. 20 yards out from Manchester United's goal. Yeah. So 80 yards away from Courtois and yeah. 30 yards away from where the, the free kick, the foul happened. Yeah. If they want to, David De Gea should be able to take the free kick from there and just launch. Oh, okay. Yes, I've got you now. Yes, okay. So, so, so long as the ball is okay. So even if the ball goes in front, so Marcus Rashford is fouled and the ball carries no, on. No, to no. It. If it goes the other way, they have to get it back. Okay. They shouldn't be able to. They can't be advantage. They can't be advantageous from it. Okay. Otherwise, you're going to have a spate of which you'd already have. It's just even more slightly of just players trying to kick the ball away. Yeah. Not make it look like they didn't mean to kick the ball. You know that when they kick the ball away, they're like, oh, "I didn't hear the whistle. Don't give me a booking for that." Yeah. Okay. Does the ball have to be stationary? before it's taken with a free kick. It's your rule. It's my rule, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it I think I'm so. Because I'm very close to getting a fifth one through here. If you, if you keep taking it. <laughs> Emma, what do you reckon to this? Uh, I'll let you have this one. Yeah? In your case, we'll... Anything that's going to make the... You know, keep momentum is a good thing. I would say as long as the ball isn't taken as a direct free kick if you know what I mean as in it isn't a shot on goal mm. there's no reason for the ball to be still yay I've got another one then oops I celebrate by dropping my pen right I do feel like I do feel like I mainly improved that one though well <laughs> it's a team effort 
Okay, fair enough. Adam, well, you haven't heard, you haven't heard the rest of Scots. You heard the first one, and that was it. First one, uh, yeah, he's not very, he's very, very good. The use of VAR is what he wrote. And I don't know whether he wants more use of VAR or less use of VAR. I'm not too sure. Um, and his, the interpretation of the handball rule, I don't know what he means by that. Uh, Liverpool, Manchester United fan stroke staff and players moaning about VAR. So, and again, I don't think he, is he saying they moan too much or not at all or not enough? He's obviously saying that they moan too much. <laughs> That's not even up for interpretation. <laughs> okay. Uh, right, Adam, um, football should, your last one. So, football should be two 30 minute halves that, that only count ball in play time. Yeah. So, if it goes after a throw, the clock stops. Clock stops. Okay, Emma. Oh, sorry, Adam. Sorry, justify why you oh, that rule. Sorry, then I come so, to Emma. The reason it's thirty minutes is because the average sort of ball and play time is about sixty minutes anyway. So that I actually think that it wouldn't really change what a football match feels like very much. However, completely eliminates time wasting. No need for it. No need for pretending to be injured because you can't waste time because the clock stops. It actually means that if you're a, if your team's winning and you need to waste time, you have to be you have to do it in a skillful and inventive way. You have to take the ball <laughs> to the corner. You have to. That's not skillful. You have to or relax. Yeah, you, you have to uh, be able to uh, to relax in possession and and those sort of things. Are you not going to encourage more negative football though? Why? Because if a team is winning, they can't waste time by kicking the ball out of play, but they'll waste time by just passing the ball between the back four. Okay, but so what you're saying is my rule of having them pass the ball between the back four is worse than watching a player on the floor for four minutes who's not really hurt. Uh, because you couldn't get your rule passed to have a, uh, a um, independent goalkeeper, uh, independent doctor assess them. <laughs> I don't know. Emma, what do you reckon? Wanna, not if I want to lay this on the hands of your failures. <laughs> Emma, what do you reckon? How does this work for injury time and stuff? Well, you don't need any injury time because you only have 30 okay. minutes. You only have Sub- 30 minutes. Substitutions. St- clock stops. Doesn't matter. Okay. Can't waste time making substitutions. No need to make a ninety um, a substitute in the 88th minute to try and waste time anymore. Oh, he knows I hate time wasting. <laughs> really? Have you, sorry, have you met Sergio Busquets? <laughs> He doesn't do that anymore. He's too old. Okay. <laughs> That's just a man who's old. <laughs> He's just got arthritis. Leave him alone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hate. I, I, <laughs> but you're not gonna. You're just gonna I get hate time wasting, Chris. I really hate it. You're just gonna get in-play time wasting. So yeah, but in-play time wasting is is called football. It's well, it's called awful football. But it happens already. It, it happens gets... all the time. But in play time wasting still happens as well. Mm. Mm. We're not getting rid of anything. You just get more just... of that. Yeah, but in place of what, Chris? In place of players pretending to be injured or taking a long time to walk off for a substitution? Or... How many times have you watched a Jose Mourinho team be 1-0 up and then just pass the ball amongst themselves, time-wasting, to run down the clock? I can remember a time in April 2014 at Anfield very well. He well, does it all go. the time. Right, yes, I agree with you. Right, okay. And that means you've got all four of yours. Damn it. <laughs> it's because he's thought about them. He's not just spent five minutes going, well, that makes sense. <laughs> Right, Emma, mm-hmm. your fourth one. 
The foot on the line for goalkeepers on, on penalties is dumb. Let them charge out. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's for the lols. Yours is a lols one as well, is it? 100%, yeah. The whistle should go. They should have to be on the line. Whistle, anything goes. Exactly. I okay, so soon as the, so you're going to get fewer longer run-ups, aren't you? I want yeah. to see somebody there's gonna be no more... the penalty taker. There's going to be no more weight. There's no going to be no more of Paul Pogba's choo-choo train runner. <laughs> no, I hate that. I want to see someone. I want to see a goalkeeper charge the penalty taker. <laughs> what if he fouls a penalty taker? Is that another penalty? Absolutely, and a red card. <laughs> and then if you're the <laughs> professional foul you're again, you have an outfield player in goal. <laughs> Even more <laughs> um, what about if the goalkeeper? Uh... I just, I just don't like this. This um, penalties being retaken because the goalkeeper's a. Fr- uh, it happened to Ter Stegen at one point, and ah, here we go. Me ever since. <laughs> Well, the worst one was that I think I can remember in a while is the one that happened to David De Gea when his foot was literally in line with it, just in the yeah. air. There was loads of the Women's World Cup, wasn't there? Well, the Women's World Cup was slightly different, right? Because they were that was it, partly an implement because of an implementation of VAR where they were allowing VAR to rule on it, and that's why, which they decided to carry on terribly. So, yeah, there was loads in the Women's World Cup. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see antics. Are you not going to have an increased risk of injuries to? I mean, basically, you're uh, by and large, unless you're um, Alan Stubbs or um, David Unsworth, your penalty taker tends to be one of your best strikers. So, if you've got a goalkeeper charging out at you, are you not at risk of having your best players broken? It's a contact sport, Chris. It, are you saying that? Are you saying that the? Are you saying that the strikers are better than Alan Stubbs? No, I'm saying Alan Stubbs. <laughs> Alan Stubbs is defenders are people too, Chris. Alan Stubbs's penalty record was second to none, which was literally just close your eyes and smash it as hard as you can. But I think what you'd actually see is a lot more sort of. Uh, you'd, you'd, you'd see innovation from the penalty takers, and that, that, there'd be a lot of just like one-step penalties. I'd even allow... Do you remember that time uh, Thierry Henry tried to pass to Robert Pires for the Arsenal penalty? I was just oh, thinking about that. Don't we all? <laughs> I, I would allow that to happen. What do you mean? Because it's fun. I mean, I mean it's, it's allowed to happen anyway. It's allowed to happen now. Johan Cruyff did it. Messi did it. It's hilarious. It should happen all the time. It should be an option. I'm worried about the injury <laughs> aspect of this. If there's a difficulty <laughs> charging out... What Messi's just gonna square it to? Right, I see. I, right, I see what you're saying now. And that'll be the last thing Messi does before he lands in a huge heap underneath a very angry Thibaut Courtois. But that could happen to him at any point in any challenge in the match. Yes. Yeah, so why add another layer of that being able to happen? He takes that chance any time he goes onto the pitch. Okay. So this is like sort of Nelson Munch selling the exams Chris. to. Lisa Chris and saying not, for novelty purposes. Chris has not realised that his attempts for like some nanny state um, <laughs> save the players, don't let anyone get hurt rules have not really washed. 
We don't care about safety. Okay. We want broken bones. <laughs> yeah, as long as you understand your broken bones could be your greatest ever play with the broken bones. Well, I'm okay with that because he's 34 now and... Um, <laughs> okay. So in a... chances that this is not going to get brought in. Let's grind the last Never. little bit of football out of him we can get. So in a year's time when this is Ansu Fati doing this. He's already out for four months with a broken knee. Why did it's you have to so... bring that up? It's <laughs> yeah. still raw. He had surgery the other day. He was still in hospital. <laughs> um, How many hills have we got to die on? Because I'm not um, sure whether my last one is going to be a sensible one or a hill to die on. On top of my, um, off the top of my head, none. But I know that in real life, there's actually a lot of them. <laughs> okay. Um, so you, it's really going to take you guys calling me out on them. <laughs> I've got two hills to die on. So if we limit ourselves to two of those, I'll do my last one, which is a sensible one. Um, abolish heading. Given. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay, that was easy. All right, bullish heading then. Okay, so for our rule changes, Adam sadly got all four of his through. Emma, we got three of ours through each. Three? Well, did Emma get all of hers through? I don't think you got three of yours through, Chris. <laughs> I did. I think you're being generous to I think I don't think you are, yeah. Let, <laughs> remind yeah. Me which, I think you got two of yours through. And one Independent of goal. One of them was heavily edited by me. That still counts. The physio, yeah, the attack, the physio, the. the... You didn't get the physio I did because you changed it to head injuries. Oh right. So that's okay. my third. Okay, I mean, right. That's a different rule, though. No, 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 no. <laughs> All the same rule. I'm the man with the pen. I've got the pen, you see. <laughs> and I got the paper. Um. I got the shotgun, you got the briefcase, as they said. Uh, okay, right, hills to die the on. editing skills. <laughs> <laughs> just back to the heading one, just quickly, just because it was done very quickly. Um, obviously, this is brought about by all the discussion that comes around every once in a while to do with um, head trauma head in, and head injuries to players from excessive heading. And, and the long-term effects of that. Yeah, and in part, that is probably there's a good chance right that that's going to be a potentially aged out by the fact that modern day footballs are light and aren't as as strenuous on the head they're not they're not le they're not um they're not leather and pigs they're, they're not leather and they don't get heavy as they get wet no so but they they do get they do get I, smashed I an awful lot harder i appreciate that they're still going to be an issue but um and uh, I know that sort of uh, in in England at least we've taken measures to that by banning heading at certain age levels, right? Um, which is why I feel that your rule is a good continuation on from that because while that seems perfectly sensible to me, ban heading at different age groups when you've got a, youngsters with developing brains, all this sort of stuff. Um, my inability to head a ball properly is why I'm a rubbish 11-a-side player and a really good 5-a-side player, or was a quite a good 5-a-side <laughs> player, until the knee went. But um, is this not going to just lead to a group of then adults who can't hit the ball properly because they've not done it all their... Yeah, but then you're promoting more skillful football, then. you'll no, have. No, I agree, which is why I'm in favour of completely banning it. What I'm actually talking about is really the real-life situation we're in. Oh, OK. Yes. Where... If they can't head the ball until they're 14 or 16, 
what happens when all of a sudden they start playing professional football and they've got no idea how to head a ball? <laughs> well, 20 years ago, um, I worked with a guy who was the captain of uh, a cricket team and he was beside himself with rage when they banned bouncers for kids. Um, because he thought that... Reed's character. <laughs> he thought it would basically make ensure that children uh, don't face a bouncer until they're like 18 and all of a sudden they've got some grizzly fast bowler who sort of piles in and bounces their heads off. Now, I can kind of see, again, see the logic a little bit of that because when you're playing against kids of your own age, they can't... But You're not playing against anyone who's likely to be able to bowl at even sort of 70, 80, 90 miles an hour, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're then an adult in going into league cricket where there is a guy who, he can't really aim it, but he can bowl quite fast and quite short and all of a sudden you don't have the technique to play a ball above, that goes above your waist because you, you've never faced one in your life. <laughs> and now it's coming at you at 90 <laughs> miles an hour. Yeah, I to an extent can see some of the logic there. That, that's an extension of the same point I'm making. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, oh, fine, we've got that. Um, all right, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do our hills to die on now, so we'll come to you at the end so you've got a bit of time to think. So, Emma, we're going to have two hills to die on. What's your first one? Andres Iniesta should have won the Ballon d'Or in 2010. Who did win it? Probably Messi. You don't even know who won it. No, I don't care. I know that Andres Iniesta didn't. Yeah, but you've got to sort of you've got to compare him to the person that did win. Hang on, let me just. I don't care who won it. He scored the winning goal in the World Cup final. So did Mario Götze. Um, Should he have won it in two thousand and fourteen? He's not Andres Iniesta, though. <laughs> <laughs> Is your hill to die on? Andres Iniesta should be allowed to have anything he wants. Yes. <laughs> okay. If he so... wants my kidney, he can have it. <laughs> So any time in a World even Cup, if it's just, even if it's just have three. <laughs> <laughs> so any time a World Cup is won by one goal, the player that scores the winning goal should get the Ballon d'Or. Well, we just that's, assess that's not that's the case. explicitly not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> so 2010 was Lionel Messi, as he won the previous year and as he won for the next two years. Mm-hmm. That's not the season that he scored 91 goals in. Uh, the season is 2010 the, the season that um Xavi and Iniesta came second and third I think it is yeah um I've realized what one of my hills to die on is Chris okay oh no um, we'll, we'll finish with finish no, I don't no, have... it's, ve it's very strongly linked okay <laughs> mine is no one should care about individual awards in <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you two to fight this one out I particularly care about it but the the outside world does and he doesn't get the recognition he deserves for that achievement and the way he played throughout his entire career but you're not talking about entire careers you're talking about one year aren't you yes but you can argue that the pinnacle of a player's career is scoring the winning goal in the world cup final for his country in extra time guy needed extra time he couldn't get it done in the 90 didn't Goats any extra time as well? Yeah, he did. Oh, did he? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, fell into that, fell into that <laughs> I just love Andres Iniesta, okay? And 
and I think he deserves the world and I will build him a glorious golden statue if it's what he wants. He can have my liver just so he can have three. <laughs> just in case one doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Emma, after this we need to do some we need to have a talk about how livers work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that's why I suggested it. It'll grow back. It's fine. <laughs> um So you're here to die. I've given it to him every six months. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just got a I, I, freezer full of liver and, and, until Andres is essentially 80% liver well does, does Iniesta not keep giving his bit of liver to um, Eric Abida and you end up with this, just this big circle of liver transplants ah <laughs> uh-uh. Eric Abida's liver was from the black market was it? no it was the rumour that at the time oh okay because yes of well, course a multi-millionaire footballer would <laughs> The rumour was that Barcelona tried to give it to him and bought it for him, right? Yep. But he didn't. It was, was it from brother. a butcher's? <laughs> another, another good, another good. Um, uh, I've got a lot of Barcelona-esque kills that I'm willing to die on. Got on, Your first yeah. one was individual awards don't count for anything. Yeah. Um, no, you've got to justify that. Oh, because easy football's a team game. Done. Okay. Go on, have another one then. Um, I thought uh, you had it rolling, ready to roll off your tongue. But I'm trying to. It's, it's essentially my. It is essentially Danny Elvis is amazing. Well, he looks like Blanca for a Street Fighter too. Of course he is. But I'm trying to trying to work out whether I'd say that Danny Elvis is one of the the best. One of the best fullbacks of one of the time. best five players of the last. Oh, I don't know. See, it's just about how good Danny Alves is. And Danny Alves offered his liver to Eric Abadal. Yes, he did. Because <laughs> he's a good man. As well as a great player. These aren't really hills you're dying on at the moment. These are quite sensible. Can I give you mine while you ever think? Yeah. Okay, my first one. It's um, for the 2026 World Cup, UEFA to lose two places. Um, one is to go to the Oceania champions and one is to go to the African champions. Is. Wants the Solomon Islands in the world. Well, at the moment, they're guaranteed one space, which everyone knows is going to be New Zealand. But so, that's proportionally Chris, representative. Chris. Well, is it, you Chris, see, because I've got Chris, here, yes. Why do you like bad football? <laughs> because it's a global game and it's a representative of everybody that watches it. At the moment, Commonwealth have got six places. That's 60% of their members of places in the final. UEFA is 29%. Um, Oceana is nine. They've got eleven members. One of them's got a place at the at the, next, at the but 26 World Cup. Right. Okay. So, so you take a, you, in New Zealand. How do you so, know? Did you say you wanted to take a place away from um from Commonwealth? How do I know? No, I said I want two places away from. So UEFA have got 16 places at the moment. I want one to go to Africa, and one to go to the OFC. Why are you? How why do you, know that? Why are you punishing? Why are you punishing Europe? I know you hate Europe, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> But why are you punishing Europe when you've just pointed out the percentages of South American countries? Because at the moment, Commonwealth has got six uh, representatives, um, or they will do at the next World Cup. But out of how many? How many? How many countries? Out of ten, but at the same time, what percentage of UEFA got? Twenty-nine compared to sixty, but they've got more countries. You see, exactly. Yes, But, but but what I'm saying is, so. Whose is more representative of the global game? 
So you're, what you're saying is it's fine for Paraguay to be able to go really quite easily, mm. but we want to make it difficult for... Serbia. Yeah. Would you, would you, would you oh, miss Slovakia? You could do this for Serbia, okay. I, I can name players who play for Serbia. I want you, you name me a player who plays for the Solomon Islands. But that's the whole point. None. No, it's not. It is the no, point. Because you get, to, you get to learn about these places. Remember when Tahiti went to the 2013 Confederations Cup? No, because no one watches the Confederations <laughs> Cup, Chris. What? I do, and it was great. They managed to score a goal. Everyone got really happy. Are you not missing an important word out from what the World Cup is that makes it clear as to why these shit... shit I nearly called them shit... Shit whole countries. <laughs> Come on, Donald, tell us. <laughs> um, and it's the fact that it's the World Cup finals. Yeah, the world... world you're missing the key finals. word of... You're missing the world. The word no, world. No, 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 yes, no, no. you are. Finals. finals is so it's like you have to qualify bit to get to the finals. Mm. Yeah. So we do this to get rid of the dross. And we're still left with loads of dross. No, so, you see, you want to see, we've got all these European countries. I play Panama. It was dross. We've got these European countries, and you will see many of these European players playing the Premier League, playing Serie A, La Liga, and then you'll see them in qualifying as well, and you'll see them in the Champions League and things like that. You're not going to see a Solomon Islands player, and it's great that you do see them. If we take. Question. Yeah. Question. Why do these players play in the um in the best leagues in the world and in the champions league because they're very good those countries well because they're very good but you're going to see them all the while yeah if any of these solomon island players or players were any good would they be playing in the champions league or would you see that the best representation from this whole crappy continent crappy continent in terms of football, make make Oceania great again. The best thing they can the best thing they can give us is Chris Wood playing for Burnley. <laughs> it's an underdeveloped place. Like that. Simon Islands might be amazing. They might have the best players ever, but no one's ever scouted out there. And because they've got the poor infrastructure, then they never got a chance to get any better. It's a World Cup. It's a world game. And if Europe lost world two Cup places, finals. if Europe lost two places, who would care? You're going to lose players. That you, I take, I can't tell you what, you'll lose players that you've seen in the Premier League up till May, then you won't see them in June and July, and then you'll see them back on telly again in August. If you're that okay. desperate to see Martin Skirtle, then... But in June, and only June, because they won't make it into July, I'll get to see <laughs> some crappy players from the Solomon Islands and then never see them again in my life. That's good. What does that achieve? Did you think it was good in the Women's World Cup when the United States beat Thailand 18-0 or whatever 13-0. Yes, it was good. Because Was it? Was it good for Thailand? Did they feel good about that? Oh, they felt good that they were there playing it, yeah. Okay, but do you want the Solomon Islands to get drawn in a group with Brazil and Brazil win 27-0? Okay. It's the World Cup finals, not cool runnings. So... <laughs> Okay, let me tell you about. Okay, I don't want to watch Brazil score a goal every thirty seconds. New Zealand got to the World Cup in two thousand and ten. New Zealand were the only unbeaten team in the two thousand and ten World Cup. Yeah, how many games did they win? None. Did they win the tournament? No. Exactly. Did they make it out of their group as an unbeaten team? No. (laughs) Was it worth them being there? Yes. No. No. Yes, it was. It was because it's a global game. It's a World Cup. The sport is popular in those countries. Um, they are passionate people. If you've watched the um, documentary on the uh, American Samoan team, they care just as much as any European player. 
about representing their country, and they should be given the so opportunity when, to. When you say it's important, is is football even the third most popular sport in New Zealand? You're making yeah. a lot of racial tropes here. What? But Shithole not... continents and whatever. Well, it's, it's, you're you're... <laughs> there are there are tropes here that you're coming out with. It, 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 the fact is, though, it's not very popular in that part of the world. How do you My know? Family live in Australia, Chris. Right? I know this for a fact. They don't really care about football. My family live in Australia, but Australia's part of the Asian Confederation. Rugby, rugby league, cricket. That's in the Asian Australia Confederation. Football. Yeah, but you know that at... this is even more the case in New Zealand. Yeah. They literally love rugby. They love rugby. They love cricket. Cricket. They like football as well. Wellington so Phoenix travel to a different country to play. Extent. They travel to a different continent, apparently. <laughs> but they have to travel because no one else in the country wants to play football. There is a New Zealand league. They do have a league. They, they can't even get an inter-island rivalry going on. They have to go to a different country. <laughs> I agree with you to a degree, though. I do think the World Cup should be smaller. <laughs> but that's not... That's... Smaller? Yeah. No, I'm quite up for the 48 team. The, the group stages is too long. Nope. Don't, I don't agree with you there. Yeah, the fact, the fact that there's a chance that Scotland might be about to qualify is laughable. <laughs> Andy Robertson shouldn't set foot at World Cup. Well, I just realised this is for the European... This yeah, for the Euros, but it's the Euros. But either way, the point stands. Right. <laughs> I am still on my hill waving my Oceania flag. So what's, let's move on to you. What's your hill you're going to die on? Are you talking to me? You, sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't have one. Ask him I do you. have quite a Brexity one if you want. Go on then. Well, one more each then. Go on. Okay. You have As your Brexit January one. January the 1st, the Premier League teams should not be allowed to participate in the <laughs> UEFA Champions League or Europa League. What's so you're saying? Just continue with the group stages and then just kick them out then? Yep. You've rejected our way of life. Well, hang on a second. Part of our tournament, so you can fuck off. That works both ways because Catalonia has also declared its independence from Spain, which is an EU member state. So, therefore, should Barcelona continue? We have declared our independence from Spain because it is not a legal thing that is allowed to happen, Chris. So, uh, it has happened, though, hasn't it? No. I remember there being a vote. I remember there being a vote. Yeah, I remember the big... It's illegal by the Spanish government. Ah, oh, you're patsies. Don't bow down to that Spanish government. I remember there being lots of advisory votes, Chris. It doesn't mean... It doesn't make them legally binding. <laughs> you don't want our way of life. You don't care about us Europeans. Have your own tournament. Um... You can't be in the Eurovision Song Contest, do you? Oh, no, hang on a minute. No, 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 you... This is <laughs> You've rejected it. I'm speaking on behalf of Europe. You don't want us. Stay Are there away. football you teams that competitions? You can't. You can't be on our money gravy train of TV rights for the Champions League. Get out. Are there football teams that play in the Champions League that come from countries that aren't EU members? They shouldn't be in it either. <laughs> so what would you do with them? You just kick them out. Have your own competition. Tough, tough, tough time for Basel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have your own failed states competition. Failed states. <laughs> <laughs> Have your own sadness Champions League. You think that's it? They walk out sort of depressed music. Yep. 
gonna have what, to just do these... the Champions League theme, but in a minor key. Yes. <laughs> just slow down and in a minor key. What do you reckon, Adam? I told you it's no no less than we deserve. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. We'll take all our good players back as well. I think you might have to. You can staff your leagues full of Harry Maguire. Um, so what about I don't know I can't got anything to we say we don't but... have any of your imports that we want so <laughs> we, we've sent Gareth Bale back it's, so essentially, Jude, just... it's essentially Jude Bellingham and James Jude Sancho, Sancho. <laughs> and they're all very much localised in one part of Germany yep uh, hang on was there an English lad that scored to a Valencia or something the other week was there a 17 year old English boy scored a couple of weeks ago in La Liga yeah I think there might have been Take him back as well. He goes back as well, does he? Of course he does. He's going to play for Gibraltar FC. Yeah, take all your criminals back from our seaside towns. <laughs> take it all. Get out. Okay. Um, Adam, have you got a, a hill left to die on? Um, they're all very Barcelona-related, aren't they? At the moment. I've got that. I'm here to listen to them. <laughs> um, I've got that comparing players from my hill to die will be but comparing players from different generations is pointless but if you won't accept that Leo Messi is the best player to ever play the game you don't understand football I agree with one of those <laughs> I don't I hate it when people say Ansu Fati's the new such and such no he isn't he's the first Ansu Fati leave him alone I agree with yeah I agree different generations are incomparable I'm not sure, and because of that, I don't know whether you can say Lionel Messi is the best player to have ever played the game or not. I don't know whether you can. It's, it's, a, par it's a paradox, but that's why I'm saying that. Okay. That's how good he. He's so good. He's so good. He transcends time. <laughs> well, like Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing people always say about Messi versus players of the past, uh, well, Tim Vickery certainly says this in the World Football Phone, is the yeah, physical Tim treatment. He's not. I really like Tim Vickery. <laughs> You're not thinking of the rugby player, Philly. Um, no. I, um, uh, the physical treatment that Maradona, etc., used to get back in the day is nothing compared to what Messi gets today. Um, and it was brutal, the treatment that Maradona used to get. That's why I think it's... Does, and George Best as well. To, that does belittle to extent the amount that Messi still gets kicked. They make it sound like... It's like yeah. They make it sound like he's playing on like, clouds. Have you not seen him surrounded by eight Getafe players all trying to kick him? It is It is different. I'm not saying it's not different. <laughs> I'm saying that the way they say it belittles it to the extent that makes it sound... I appreciate that refereeing and rule changes have meant that attacking players are far more protected than they were in the 60s, 70s, 80s. I appreciate okay. that. But I'm saying that the way that is said, it makes it sound like people still don't go out to just to try and kick Leonis. Yeah, okay, no, that's fair enough. I think the other thing to think about with comparing three generations is pitch quality as well, now compared to the past. If you think of, if you think of some of the pitches that George Best would have played on in the 70s, yeah. compared to nowadays, they're sort of worlds apart. Um, and I think I think if you transport George Best to today and put him in a team alongside Messi they'd be very sort of comparable as players um, would they or would 
George Best not be able to last 60 minutes because he'd be so unfit and weak and strong and uh, weak compared to the <sighs> compared to the even the most average Premier League player because these people were not essentially professional athletes. No, they were. Well, okay, so if you transported Messi back to some of the sort of agricultural pitches of the 70s, how do you think he would get on? Which is another reason why I don't think you can compare. I think he'd be. I think he'd be fine from the videos I've seen of him playing um, as a as an underdeveloped child in uh, yeah he did go in Argentina. He was looking all right there on actual streets. Okay. No, that's fine. I just they're they're the. He hasn't been playing on a carpet all of his life. Uh, he has been for the last fifteen years or so, hasn't he? No, and that's again. There's there is merit to that point, but the fact, the reason that Messi is clearly, in my mind, the best the best player to ever play the game is the fact that he is also a professional athlete, and none of them. But I was like, and that's why. Uh, upsettingly for some you could probably say that without an awful lot of doubt Ronaldo's probably third like because right up until the 90s they were going like you only have to speak to Tony Adams to realise that players have not been professional athletes for a long time because they're going out getting slaughtered every Tuesday Mm. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, but the thing is, you can you can never have a fair test as a comparison, can you? I suppose. Um, no, but that's but the whole point is that the, the disparity between how good Messi is removes any doubt. That's the my hill is that he is so good that despite the fact that I'm willing to concede all of those points that make it that I there is should be zero doubt in anyone's mind because he is that much better. Okay. All right. Well, that's this. My last hill to die on is people really should stop complaining about diving because every footballer cheats. Uh, it doesn't matter if you even James Milner, even James Milner, even Jordan Henderson cheats because it doesn't matter if you if the ball comes off you and you pretend for a throw in and you pretend it didn't, uh, and you get the throw in, or whether you dive for a free kick or a penalty, you know you're gaining an unfair advantage. And every footballer cheats and every footballer sort of, you know, they interviewed Maradona once and asked him about his hand of God. And he sort of said, Peter Shilton, did you ever save the ball and pretend you didn't? So it went out for a goal kick instead of a corner. Did you ever crawl, claw the ball back up from across the line and say it never went over when it did? We both know that's not what he said. <laughs> we both know what he said after he was asked about the hand of God, after about his handball goal. No, this was, this was, I think it was an interview with um, Gary Lineker who did. Gary Lineker went out to Buenos Aires and met Maradona. Oh, I saw that on the documentary. I think it was that, but I've definitely seen him, Maradona say that. Or, is that a documentary or did I hear Gary Lineker talk about it on his podcast? When he he may have talked about it in his podcast, but yeah, he went out and met Maradona, went to a Boca game with him and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on any of these points. Okay, Emma. Apart these from are... the fact, apart from the fact that, um, I'm not sure where this sort of uh, cleaned-up version of Maradona came up with such an eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was very much like a PR person came up with that. Well, thing. it was quite funny actually because um, they asked him the question in Spanish. So you know, the person asked the question in English, and then the sort of Spanish translation came through. Maradon listened to the Spanish translation and he goes, Mr. Shilton, Mr. Honest Shilton. And then uh, he then went back into Spanish. So it's quite funny to sort of listen to him say that. 
Oh, okay. We don't really, we don't really have hills. There, we're all sort of fairly in agreement, aren't we? Apart from my Oceania thing. I mean, yeah, my other one's just about international friendlies, but that's just more of a suggestion rather than a, an actual hill that I'm going to die on. Yeah. Okay. Well, look. For the sake of podcast length, we'll um, we'll cut that one short then, shall we? Not short, but we'll end that. Unless you really want to sort of talk about international friendlies. They suck. They shouldn't be in the middle of the season. They should be at the end of the season, just before an international, major international tournament, like two weeks of friendlies to warm up, and then that's it. So would you what have... About, what about all the players who who aren't in national teams who that are missing out on breaks during the season that help them get through what would otherwise be a busy and um, intense have the season? Break. You still have, have international. You don't have to fill it with international football. What about international qualifying? Would you have that during the season? Yeah, because that's a competitive match. So they'd still get that break. Friendlies. The yeah. word friendly is a pointless match. So you'd, the players would still get that two-week break at points during the yeah the season. Just not for international friendlies because they're a waste of time. Ask Joe Gomez. Yes, ask Joe Gomez. There you go. Yes, I'm, I'm with Joe you. Joe Gomez, would this still would have happened to Joe, right? I think that Joe Gomez would have been is, fine. This is a very specific conversation that only really is going to affect us now, and the only reason, because effectively a lot of international friendlies have been removed from the calendar and replaced with the Nations League. So we shouldn't be having international friendlies now anyway. The current. But the reason we have the, world. the reason we have international we're having international friendlies now is because the teams that are playing international friendlies are, are teams that aren't. It's because of the playoffs for Euro twenty twenty. Is it still called Euro twenty twenty? That's why England are playing the Republic of Ireland. Yes, because they need to do something while the other teams play the playoffs. But they don't need to do anything. That's the point. They don't. Emma, I'm going to do the symbol again. <laughs> Yeah, Funny. sure. Okay, right. I'm going to bring it to a close before we um, overrun and go even longer. So, uh, listeners, let us know what you think to our hills we've died on or our rule changes we've come up with. We might even put these out as a Twitter poll as well. Um, see what you guys think. Um, if you want to follow us on our social medias, you can follow us at Man of the Post on Instagram and on um on Twitter, we are Man of the Post on Facebook. You can give us a like on there. Um, if you like what you hear, you can rate and review us, and you can leave us a five-star review. They're all very gratefully received. You can subscribe on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can uh, follow on Acast. We're also on Spotify and Stitcher as well. Um, Adam, how do they follow you? Adam, I say 101. Emma, they don't follow you, do they? At Jose Mourinho. <laughs> uh, and you can follow me at chichingham 77 so guys thank you ever so much thank you and always remember to keep your man on the post <laughs>